Today we continue in a series about daring to lead. Before we get there, uh, I, uh, I think that one of the best things uh, in terms of leadership in our lives is grounding ourselves, making sure we're grounded, that we're clear, that underneath everything else that we have a firm place to stand, a place we can trust and know is there. Uh, and one of those grounding places is in this moment with God. Now, you, you can't be yesterday with God. You may have been with God yesterday, but you can't be yesterday with God. You can only be now. You can't be tomorrow with God, not until tomorrow. But you can be now with God. And so one of the things we practice here at St. James on a regular basis is breathing. It's something you've been doing since you were born. Um, and it's something you'll do until you die. And that breathing bit grounds us in this moment. When we are aware, when we are mindful of our breathing, when we come into this moment, realizing as we breathe in and breathe out that we are here right now in this place, in this space, awaiting uh, whatever it is that uh, God will bring into this moment, keeping awake, it gives us the opportunity to, to sort of practice the presence of God. Uh, so I'm going to encourage you to do something you're already doing. I, at least I'm looking at you all, and you're still doing it, so I'm pretty sure you're all breathing right now. So we're going to test our breathing skills. Breathe in. And breathe out. Let it go. Breathe in again. And let it go. And breathe in again. And let it go. Here we are in this space. Now last week I encouraged you to practice breathing in the pain of the world and breathing out the love of God into the pain in the world. Um, sometimes we're carrying too much pain ourselves to breathe that pain in and then to breathe out the, uh, the love that God has for us. Sometimes we just need to take in the love and the presence of God. And so I want you to imagine with me for just a moment as you breathe in, that you're breathing in the presence of God, a presence that wants to fill you up and fill your lungs and fill your heart and fill your life with a presence that will carry you. You know, one of the things that uh, faith never promised us was safety or protection does promise us that God will always be with us no matter what, no matter how bad it is or good or mediocre, the presence of God. So breathe in the full presence of God and let it go. Now before we get to the leadership piece of this morning, we're going to practice another practice today. Uh, and this is a practice that you might find yourself doing when you're riding in the car or when you're playing your stereo at home and that's singing. You know, we sang a song, Be Thou My Vision, but sometimes when you sing, you need to recognize that you're in your body. You're where you are. And so one of the practices we're going to take up this morning is we're going to sing a spiritual, Wade in the Water, and as we sing it, we are going to, now I'm going to teach it to you, and we're going to sing it a cappella. 
So all there'll be is our voices. And if you don't join with me, all there'll be is my voice. And you don't really want that. I just want to give you a heads up. You don't really want that. So uh, I'm going to sing it through once for you. But as we sing it, then what I'm going to ask you to do once we've begun to sing is pretty simple words. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children. Wade in the water. God's going to trouble the water. Um, there's a wonderful story um, of Jesus uh, meeting a man by the pool of Bethsaida who wanted to be healed. And periodically the Spirit of God would trouble the water. And whoever got to the water first was healed. And Jesus asked the man if he wanted to be healed. Well, the promise of God is that he will trouble our waters and bring healing to us. But as we sing this song, God's going to, you know, wade in the water. God's going to trouble the water. One of the wonderful things about this song is I always feel it vibrating right here in my chest. But you can feel it vibrating all the way down to your feet. And it reminds you to be present in your body. So often we're, we're, we think we're our thoughts. And we forget that we're an embodied presence that God chose to make real. These fingers... They're part of what God gave me, and it's an embodied presence of God. My lungs, my beating heart, embodied presence of God. So I'm going to sing it for you once, and maybe you know it, maybe you've heard it before, but it's a, <clears throat> it's a wonderful, simple song. Um, uh, Harriet Tubman uh, used to use it as she would guide uh, folks on the Underground Railroad to, to safety. Wade in the water. Wade in the water. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children. Wade in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children, wade in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children, wade in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. One more time. Wade in the water. Wade in the water, children, wade in the water. God's gonna trouble the water. Now I encourage you, it's a simple song. It's the kind of song that you can sing. I was singing it in the morning. Linda probably thought I lost a small piece of my mind this morning. I was in the kitchen. She was in the living room. And I had been thinking about this practice for a long time of introducing us to it. And uh, I was singing in the kitchen. I was clapping as I was singing. I was my own percussion section, you know. Fortunately, Linda didn't come in and find me dancing around the kitchen. I was. You know, I think we forget. And, and of all religions in the world to forget, 
uh, Christianity shouldn't be one of them because we believe in a God who became embodied in the person of Jesus. We should never forget that we're embodied and that it matters that we, that we touch one another, that we be present in the body we have, that it's a gift from God. And uh, I think when we live into that giftedness, our embodiment, that's when we change the world. That's when we transform the world. So as we continue our series this morning, Daring to Lead, I do commend to you uh, for your reading. I'm reading the book on my own. Uh, it becomes the launching point for me, but certainly not the only launching point. Uh, uh, there's a book by Brene Brown called Dare to Lead. Uh, and Dare to Lead is a, is a book uh, about what it means to lead. And uh, one of the things that seems to be most lacking in our world today is leadership. Uh, leadership you can trust, leadership you can believe, leadership that stands up for what's right. Um, we need to find for ourselves um, a place to stand so that we can lead from that place. And it doesn't just mean leaders of organizations. I think of myself as one of the leaders here at St. James, but I'm not the only leader, and each one of you must live into the leadership to which you're called. Uh, years ago, when I began to determine for myself what my values were, today we're going to be talking about values, leading into your values, leaning into your values. And uh, years ago, I went to a leadership conference where they suggested to us that we determine for ourselves what our core values were. What, what is it that matters most to you? What are the values by which you lead your life? And then look at them. Look at them every day. Think about them every day. So I created uh, a laminated card that I carry in my pocket. It has a picture of what I'm calling the tree of life. It's just a tree, but that's what it means to me, the tree of life. It reminds me that uh, God bears fruit in my life, that my roots go deep. Um, but on the front of it, you know, it, it also has my own personal mission statement. But underneath that are, um, are five values by which I've tried to live my life. Now, what's interesting is, as I looked at it closely in preparation for this message, it's time for me to make a new card because there are a couple of uh, values that I feel like need to be added to my um, to my list, and maybe one or two that can be taken off my list because they're not necessarily the core values by which I live. But these are the core values I listed. Authenticity. Be real wherever you are. Integrity. You know, be a person, you know, that people can trust, that is uh, integrated, that brings all of my values into one place. Transparency. If you're going to do something, People ought to have a sense of why you're doing it. You don't need to hide anything. There's nothing to hide. Uh, sometimes, I think in, in positions like mine, we think that there are certain things, if I let everybody know that I've got my doubts, oh man, that would be really bad. So I'm going to let everyone think that I just never am worried about anything. It's always good. You know, I, I learned about 25 years ago that, you know, people could see right through that. <laughs> could see right through that at St. James. Um, and so since then, 
That's why I became, uh, hopefully, more authentic. Acceptance. One of my core values is acceptance. Now, I struggle with this one sometimes, but it is part of who I am to accept people right where they are. I don't care what you believe or don't believe. That's not my job. My job is to love you right where you are because God did that for me. So I try to model that value in my life. I accept. Now, that doesn't mean that I agree, uh, but accepting and agreeing, agreeing are not the same thing. Accepting means perfectly fine for you to think what you think. I may think it's the most heinous thing you've ever thought. However, I'm going to accept you where you are. Um, and final, uh, finally, availability. Years ago, uh, I read a book um, by uh, Richard Wicks, nobody you know, uh, in the 90s. And he talked about availability and that in our lives we needed to learn to be available to God, available to ourselves, and then available to others. Now, many of us live our lives available to everybody else, never available to God, and certainly not available to ourselves. And that's not a very good way to live our lives. Uh, we are called to live into the values we have. Now, I listed my values. Those are my values. You may be saying to yourself, well, I don't get those values. I have my own set of values. They look different than that. Well, the fact that you know what your values are, that you can name your values, that you have a sense of what your values are, means you're already on the right direction. Most, uh, many people I encounter, when I say, well, what is it that you value most in life, don't have an answer for me. What do you think is the highest value that you ought to have? You know, where is, you know, where do certain things rank in your life? And their answer is, well, I don't know, I never thought about it. Today is an invitation for you to begin to think about what values it is that you want to live your life by. Now, I have uh, this book uh, that I like, to, I like to occasionally examine in my life. It's called the Bible, by the way. Uh, you know, it just seems like an appropriate place to begin. If I'm going to be a United Methodist pastor, uh, a follower of Jesus, maybe the same book Jesus like had in his hands, the Hebrew Bible, what we would call the Old Testament, and then the books that were written after Jesus, about Jesus, the New Testament, uh, ought to be something I would spend a little time with. So this week I did. Uh, and every week I do. <laughs> uh, I don't want you to think, wow really nice James opened the Bible for you know had to dust it off <sighs> you know uh, no there was already very okay let's stop right there before I go down some uh, rabbit hole as I am on to do you have on uh, in your uh, printed update if you want to follow along but I've done it to you again in your printed update I printed a version of the Bible I printed the voice because I like what the voice has to say but I also thought I'd read it to you in a different version. So you read along in the voice, or don't read along in the voice. Just listen to the words, your call, and I'm going to give you space to do whichever one works for you. So I'm beginning in chapter 16 of Luke, and I, uh, I am looking at verses 15 through 17. And here's what it says in the Common English Bible, which is what is what I have in my hand. He said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves before other people, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued by people is deeply offensive to God. Until John, and he's talking about John the baptizer, until John, 
there was only the law and prophets. Since then, the good news of God's kingdom is preached, and everyone is urged to enter that kingdom. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for the smallest stroke of a pen in the law to drop out. If I were going to tell you what a key verse is in that, and why I liked this particular passage in, in uh, The Voice, it's um, your ambition is to look good in front of other people, not God. It seems to me that sometimes the values we have are whatever seems popular at the moment. Whatever will attract most people's attention to us, allow other people to think we're cool. Whether, you know, we live in an American society, and what are some of the values? Success, that's a value. So I want to be successful, but not just successful by God's standards or by my own standards, by society's standards. And what does that look like? Well, that maybe looks like, you know, two or three cars in my driveway. Uh, as big of a house as I can possibly afford to buy. It looks like, you know, lots of money, lots of big trips. It looks like a big title. It looks like power over other people. That's the kind of idea we have of what success is. Is that what God wants you to be in your life? Well, I'm not saying God is absolutely opposed to that, but certainly they're not top of God list values. I don't ever find Jesus saying, become as wicked rich as you possibly can and spend it all on yourself. It's not once in this book. If you want to look in here, you go right ahead. But you won't find it unless you misuse some of the verses, as is sometimes the case. What is it that you value? Not what society tells you to value, but what do you value? Who are you as a person? What has God told you is most important? I mean, I think about it. Uh, one of my core verses in my life is Micah 6.8. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. Those are three biggies. Doesn't sound like success necessarily to me. It doesn't sound like rich to me. If you measure rich by how much money is in the bank account. But it's certainly a way to live richly towards God to love justice and to do mercy and to walk humbly with God. What about Jesus and his big two commands? He says, if you don't remember anything else, two commands are what I want you to do. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He's quoting the Shema from Deuteronomy 6. And then the only time he ever quotes Leviticus Love your neighbor as yourself. Leviticus 19. Only time he ever quotes Leviticus in his entire ministry. And he puts one of the nice verses from it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now those are some values worth living into. And to ask yourself the question, if I name those as my values, how am I going to live? What's it going to look like when I encounter a cashier who's flustered? At, at Target. And you say to yourself, oh, it's just Target. Stop bringing up Target, James. If you can't be kind to the woman at Target or the man at Target who's checking you out, it, there's no point in you being kind to your boss. Everybody's kind to their boss, even if they don't feel kindly towards their boss. <laughs> because they know that's what depends their job. But when you're kind to the janitor in your building, that's when it counts. 
When nobody else but you and the janitor is in that room and God sees it, that's when the value counts. What does it look like if you love the Lord your God? How do you love God? How do you serve God? What does your life matter in the greater scheme of things? And how are you going to shape it? Because you need to be able to name the values that matter to you. If you missed it, you need to go back and listen to the eight sermons this summer by various members of our congregation on the Beatitudes. Because even among the most important things, Jesus mentions the Ten Commandments a couple of times, but when asked what should shape our values, he lists some eight weird things. He tells us, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. That doesn't sound at all like the common core values I see guiding our world today. So the question becomes, whose values are you going to live your life by? Because I'm convinced that if you really want to be a leader in this world, you have to lead by the values that God has for you, not the ones that make you popular in all the pubs. And that's the challenge part of being a leader. And to me, that's the difference between being a leader and somebody with a uh, title of authority. Because real leaders lead from the truth. Real leaders lead from the heart. And they lead from a heart that is built on the love of God and on the love of neighbor. Those can be the only measures by which we live our lives. The only measures by which we live our lives. Any other value is an illusion. It's a pretense. And the challenge is we live in a world that tells us we have to live by those values. So here's what I'm finding about leadership, and it makes me very uncomfortable. And that is that sometimes I have to choose what's not popular, what's not going to get me ahead, so that I can do what pleases God. Now the question becomes for you, are the things you're doing with your life the things that please God? Are you living into a set of values that shape your life in a godly fashion? Jesus wouldn't win any popularity contest. If Jesus showed up today, we would crucify him all over again. We'd like to believe we wouldn't. We'd really like to believe we wouldn't put him up on the cross in the front of the building. And guess what? We'd get in a lot of trouble if we did that. But if we could convince the state to do it for us, which is what our Jewish sisters and brothers did 2,000 years ago. Now, please don't hear that as anti-Semitism. It wasn't all the Jewish people. It was the Jewish leaders, the folks who had a vested interest in things staying exactly the way they are. Jesus stood up to them. They didn't like it. So they used what power they thought they had, and they killed him. What values will you live your life? Because I want to tell you, if you live them by the godly values, you're not always going to win the popularity contest. People aren't always going to like the things you say. They're not going to like it when you say it on Sunday morning. I'll just tell you that right now. It's always so nice when I can tell a nice story and tell you you're doing a great job already, don't worry about anything. That's what pastors like to talk about. This one included... I want you all to like me. It's a, it's a high, it's, it's, 
It's unfortunately, if I were really honest about my values, the ones I pulled out of my pocket, one of the things that would be on my values is being liked by lots of people. I like being liked by lots of people. And sometimes I live that as if it's my core value. Means I say what makes you feel comfortable. And I'm not talking about it in the sermon on Sunday morning, but the person I encounter in the store who tells me that hates a good value. I might actually just ride along with it because I don't feel like uh, having them dislike me. And besides, I'll never see them again. Who cares? Well, God does. And apparently, if I'm going to be serious about living my life of faith, that person who spews hate at me, I've got to say back to him, you know, I just don't think that you and I live by the same values. And if your Jesus hates anybody, oh my gosh, you just don't know the same Jesus I do. Apparently, we've met a different one. <laughs> because your Jesus doesn't stand up and protest at, uh, at service people's funerals. I'm sorry, it, it's just not true. You just know a whole different God than I know. Some evil whack job God <laughs> that doesn't fit into my picture. And see, I've just done something that crossed one of my, my values. I made a judgment. I made a judgment. All I can do is state my understanding of the way things are. God is most interested in making sure we love all of our sisters and brothers in this world. Every neighbor counts. Every neighbor counts. And when Jesus was asked, who is my neighbor? He tells this beautiful story about an enemy who cared for a friend. The Samaritans were Jewish enemies. And he had them tells the story of a good Samaritan. Ticked off the religious leaders he was talking to right face to face. Ticked them off. How can you call a Samaritan good? Jesus was always on the side of the least and the last and the alienated and the alone and the broken and the widows and the orphans and the poor and the immigrants. Those were the people Jesus was on the side of. Those the least. So you and I have to decide for ourselves in our everyday lives, how will we live according to the values God has given us? What are your core values? And are you willing to stand up for them? Because if you're not, if you're just going to go along with the flow so you can get ahead in the world, then you're not really all in. Jesus tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, we talked about this before, not everybody who says, Lord, Lord, do I even know? Do I even know? So I, I have some assignments for you this week. Because assignments, my job. And the assignments for you are the same assignments that I have tried to live into all week myself. Ask yourself, what are your values? What are they? What do you really value? Yourself, your community, people who are like you, people in the same economic sphere as you. I mean, be honest. Let's be honest, because those are our core values. If they become our core values, if that's what you live by, if you look out from the outside, I would welcome, you know, among the five, remember last week I told you I have that small square of paper with the key, key players in my opinion group, you know, I encourage you to have that core group. But I regularly test. I need to regularly test with the people I love. Do you think I behave in a way that shows authenticity?
Do I have integrity? Do I have transparency? Do I have acceptance? Am I available? Do I make myself available? Are these things you see in my life? Because if not, I can say they're my values all the time. And it's just a lie. The only way we're ever going to be the, the people that God hopes we'll be, and the only way we'll ever be able to lead with any integrity is if we're honest about who we are and what our values are and then decide if we're going to actually live by those values or by somebody else's. If we're going to make compromises in our values. Well, we'll let it slide this time because after all, it's good for me if I let this, uh, this slide. My boss just said an off-color joke. Let me just let it slide because I don't want him to think or her to think something bad of me. I want to get my promotion. I want to get my pay raise. So I'm not calling him out when he acts like a turd. <laughs> I'm just going to let it slide. How many of us do that? Because we want to get ahead more than we want to be the people of God. If you think that following Jesus is a popularity contest, look at what happened to Jesus. So popular, we killed him. So popular, we killed him. Being leader is hard work. Anyone can carry titles. Pastor, bishop, you name it. Public titles, private titles. You can carry a title all you want to. Can you really be a leader, though? That's something else altogether. Something else altogether. So, your assignment this week. Name your values. Ask people that you trust. Do you see these values in my life? Do you? Because then if you're just pretending like they're your values, <laughs> they're not really your values. They're the values you wish you had. And maybe having some values you wish you had is okay. As long as you're working towards living out those values. Because leadership is about values. And it's about values that other people will see in the way you behave. They're about choices you'll make in your life. You will take, hopefully all of you, you will take the values that you hold dear in your heart into a voting booth in two days. I can't tell you what your values are. But you are going to carry them in there, and you're going to decide, based on the values that you really believe, who you'll vote for. You need to be sure that you believe what you say and say what you believe and live into those values when you do everything in life, and that includes voting. I will not tell you who to vote for. That is not my job. But asking you to take your own values seriously and those of Jesus seriously, that is my job. And as soon as I stop doing that job, I need to get a new job. <laughs> Ask yourself if the values are really your values and can you live them? Because then you are a leader if you live your values. Whether anybody gives you the title or not. Whether anybody gives you the title.